You are listening to Fed by Ravens with Matt and Adam. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Adam. Welcome to day 159 and 160 to those who are counting Mm. as we talk our way through the Bible, engaging the oral tradition. We had some uh, great highs and lows Mm. (laughs) yesterday, and today we are entering into another low in the line of David. Yeah. All right. So where are we, Matt? Play me in. Our Old Testament reading for today is 2 Samuel chapter 13 through chapter 15, verse 12. So we end on a high point, even after David and Bathsheba. There are some consequences to his sinful behavior, Mm -hmm. which will immediately start to work out in his family. And that's where we're at today. So politically, God is still blessing him. He allows him to work through repentance and faith, mm-hmm. and but uh, the consequences of sin are often like kind of scars or scabs, or we bear those while we're on this earth. And so it works out in the most horrific way in chapter 13. Yes, it does. All right. <laughs> long story short. <clears throat> Should we just oh. long story short this, Matt? Okay. So um, um, we're just going to get into it. Yeah. So David's third son, Absalom... Okay. Has a sister named Tamar, and David's first son, Am- Amnon. Amnon, who is from a different wife. So David has a bunch of kids from different women. He has at least 16 wives, right? Yeah. Um, women that, some of them he's loved, a lot of them are political, they're so co- whatever. Amnon was from uh, the woman from Jezreel, which was one of the wives. He picked up Abigail and that woman while he was running from Saul. Yeah. And so Amnon was the first son from uh, the woman of Jezreel, and he is in love with his half-sister Tamar. So we have a kind of weird, confusing situation, situation here. here with a similar name to, well, Tamar is her name. So Absalom and Tamar. And then if you remember the old story in Genesis, there was confusion with Judah and with Tamar. Judah and Tamar. So and here we have another... And it's all man s- of the tribe of Judah with a woman named Tamar. And it's all sexual in nature. It's yeah. actually the most, it's one of the more disturbing stories. Yeah. Can I long story short it? Yeah, please do. Absalom, his sister Tamar. Amnon, half-brother to Tamar, mm-hmm. falls in love with sister, with Absalom's sister, Tamar. Yeah. Yes, okay. Then devises a horrible plan. He's sick, sickly in love with her. Yeah. He just wants her. He, uh... Then connives a plan with permission from his dad to have, can my stepsister Tamar make me food? Mm-hmm. But I want to see her make food. Mm-hmm. Which uh, I guess apparently this day and age, men and women were separated while doing this work. And I guess it could be some kind of attractive thing to see the preparation. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, Tamar brings the food. He keeps asking for more. Like, would you bring the food to me? Would you feed me? And then he says, lie with me. She says, no. He, um, she says, you're going to be a fool for doing this. You're going to disgrace me. You're going to disgrace yourself. Let's ask the king. Maybe we could get married. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Even though she probably knows that's ridiculous. But, but she's, she's you know, time. in a bad situation trying to get out. And so Amnon rapes his half-sister Tamar. Yeah. And then immediately despises her. Yeah. And hates her. Yeah. And so now she, her whole life is ruined. Mm-hmm. She knows it because she was a virgin daughter of the king. Mm-hmm. She was going to be used... 
I mean, it's it's we, it's hard to understand, but she was going to be used in a political marriage, or mm-hmm. there was a shot for her to be um, have a life. Now she's no, damaged. She yeah. yeah, and um, and there's no shot for that for her to and be uh, and then. Amnon kicks her out of the chamber, out of the bedchamber, which is a very uh, disgraceful move, and it insinuates that she was at fault and not Amnon. And so, again, he's just... Amnon is acting horribly. and But it's also, again, like, it's done in public. It's more of, it's more of a public situation than what... David did with Bathsheba, but right. again, it's reflecting the original sin of David, which was, I'm, I see what I want, I'm going to take it. So it's kind of two things. One is, we, we think that uh, the enemy hates procreation, mm-hmm. hates the idea that we can make images of God, yes. and so he really goes after us in the area of sexual purity and, and really confuses everything. Mm-hmm. So that's already kind of naturally there, but when your dad, the sins of the father... Uh, as a king, using his authority like he did with Bathsheba, confusing things also lends itself. Like you got to fight hard against what you've, what you've set up there, and so, mm-hmm. um, and God said this would happen. Yeah. So, but she, it sets in motion though uh, so, yeah. more problems. So, she goes into mourning. Um, her full brother Absalom right. finds her, finds out what happens. And he's like, okay, don't worry. I'll set you up. You'll live with me. Uh, I will take care of you. Mm-hmm. Don't don't talk about this. Don't make a big deal about be it. Be cool. Let's just. Be but cool. I am not cool with this. Yeah. But be cool. And then uh, and then we get this little note that uh, David finds out about it. Right. And he's very angry, but does nothing. Right. This is another theme we've seen throughout the scriptures. Mm-hmm. I mean, remember the brothers like. You're killing Joseph, you know, back in Genesis. Mm-hmm. You see the brothers and this rivalry and kind of things. And the dads, it's hard to punish your own family. And so David should have, as the king... Punished Am- Am- Amnon. He should have, yeah, he should have killed Amnon. Because mm-hmm. this is a crime. Mm-hmm. And this is, I mean, it's worse than adultery even. But adultery is bad. But you can't you can't do this. And it's incestual. The, the mm-hmm. word of God is against it. But, you know, David is a man, and he's like, that's going to cause problems. Yeah, and it's his oldest son who's supposed to inherit the throne after David. Yeah. And so so David did this before with Joab and his nephews. Abishai, his yeah. nephews, uh, where they had acted unjustly, and he should have punished them. But he has a weakness for family. Right. But uh, what happens then, though, is kind of a replay of Cain and Abel. Yeah. It's like uh, Absalom waits and is harbored up all this anger and bitterness mm-hmm. and has from the beginning planned been planning to kill Amnon finally does two years later gets out on a sheep sharing trip with a lot mm-hmm. of the sons of Israel so all the guys go out and watch probably are overseeing all the wealth and uh, Absalom has his servants kill Amnon then word comes back to David that Absalom has killed all the sons <laughs> like a kind of a Bimelech move where he hears, oh, worst case scenario is Absalom is taking over. Yes. But uh, the truth is, the guy who helped Amnon fulfill his plan, he, I don't even know. With Tamar. Yeah. His name is like Jab, Jabok or something, Jabinok. Jonadab. Jonadab, whatever. Anyway, his, his name means crafty. He tells David, no, this has been going on for oh, two years. This is another nephew. Another nephew says, no, Dad, no, listen, King, uh, 
Absalom's been planning this for years, two mm-hmm. years now. And so that's what's going on. Comes back, find out it's true. All the sons of David are like mourning. And David now feels like uh, he's lost two sons. Yeah, because Absalom now flees. Yeah, it takes off. He goes to Geshur, which, um, and he goes to the king of Geshur, which is his grandpapa. Uh, his mom, Amnon's mom, was a princess of right. Geshur. Absalom's mom? Yeah. Yeah, Absalom's mom. Sorry. So, no, but... And so you can see how confusing... It's all confused in David's shadow, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, David's your dad. He had all these great stories of running and hiding and making alliances. And mm-hmm. Great stories. And then even his bad story, you know, and it, you can see it trickling into, like, generational bondage. Mm. Like, where now Absalom is kind of... Maybe even fantasizing, like, oh, I'm like my dad, you know, I'm, I'm just fleeing like... away, yeah. And I'm going to be the next king, because mm-hmm. I, I killed the older brother, and I don't know, it's just so confusing, and that's how family stuff is. Um, you got you got to invite the Lord into it. So it gets to the point, though, where um, David... So it's like three years. Yeah, three years. David's heart is broken. Mm-hmm. He's crying about it, and Joab hates this. Like, Joab gets involved, right? Yeah, so Joab... Um... We're not sure why Joab wants Absalom back, but he wants Absalom back in the kingdom, probably just to secure all the loose ends, tie up all loose ends, and we don't want uh, the heir apparent now to the throne. Now that Amnon's dead, I think it falls to Absalom next, and he's now with this foreign king, so it's like, let's bring him back. But I think Joab, though, is a family guy. He's also a family he's guy. Like, he's like, look, come on, just, guys. Let's get the family back together. And he's a general, right? So, like, mm-hmm. he understands. We gotta be, we're stronger with numbers. Mm-hmm. We need our numbers strong. We yeah. don't need a splinter and a problem. So, But David, while I think he is broken up about it, he's not making any moves to have Absalom come back. Right. Because he doesn't, David doesn't know what Absalom's thinking. Yeah. So... Um, Joab sets up a, he tries to, it feels like he's trying to recreate uh, the whole Nathan scene where Nathan goes in, tells the story, this sob story to the king and then flips it on him. He literally hires an actress. He hires an actress to go in, tell this sob story about how one son killed another son. Now the town wants to kill the murderer son, the murderer son. And David says, no, you shouldn't by word of the king, Mm -hmm. save the, the murderer son. And so, so then she flips it on him and goes, well, how can you promise safety to my son Well, you won't even forgive your own? Yeah. Oh, did Joab put you up to this? So Joab put her up to this, and then David figured that out. And, and so David kind of hears Joab. <clears throat> Joab's basically mimicking He's Nathan. the prophet, but yeah. it's not really a prophet. You know, yeah. it's, it's like, so it, it works out. He manipulates David to and, the point where, okay, I'll let Absalom return. Yes. But then Absalom returns, and David won't talk to him, though. Yeah, he's like, I'm still not going to talk to him. And no one's talking to Absalom. He's becoming irrelevant. He's like three years into it. And he's like trying to, he's like, Joab got him back. So Joab, so he's like sending messages to Joab. I want to see the king. I want to see the king. I want to see my dad. Yeah, I want to see, see my dad. Let me see my dad. And Joab's not responding to him. So then Absalom does the classic, oh, you won't talk to me? I'll burn your field, and then we'll see if we talk to me. Yeah, that's the classic. I <laughs> the mean, classic. Who, hasn't, who hasn't done that? Who hasn't done that? Hey, I just burned, you know, I just burned out your car. Yeah. And I returned my call. <laughs> um, now you return my call. Oh, you need the insurance? Yes. Well, it works. Joab shows up. It's like, what is going on, bro? Like, yeah. why did you do that? Because well, you didn't, you know. 
And then Absalom's like, well, you're not talking to me. I might as well just be with my grandfather in Gesher. Yeah, things are better for me there. And so... um, So... He sets up this weird... Well, in the meantime, too, uh, Absalom has three sons, a daughter who he names Tamar. Yeah, after his sister. Yeah, yeah. it's so crazy. I mean, I get it. He's, like, deeply connected to this whole thing. Well, he gets, like, the blessing of David, right? Yeah. Yeah, so he goes in... He's the next heir to the throne. David, like, kisses him, kind of, like, restoring says, him says, to... All right, I'm not going to be... Like, you're not an enemy to the crown anymore. Yeah. Even though you killed one of his my sons. Even, yeah. And I think restores him. Is that what the kiss means? Yeah. I mean, the kiss is, like... Yeah. Kisses are uh, very... They can go either way in the Bible. You know, Judas mm-hmm. betrayed Jesus with a kiss. Um, and so then, Absalom, then, in chapter 15... After he kind of is on a, I guess, pseudo good terms with his dad, then sets himself up in front of the, uh, what, the court? Like yeah, the king's like court? Basically the, at the gates, you know, where yeah. people would come for judgment and ruling. And thwarts his dad's own governance of yeah. this, of at Jerusalem. So he gets all Israel. the privileges back. He gets restored, and then he immediately starts basically trying to woo the people for him to be the next king. Yeah, so he sits outside the gates to the court, and as people are coming in to get judgment rules by David, he then gets them before they enter in and says, where are you coming from? What do you want? Oh, my dad My dad isn't handing out rulings. I'll... I'll I'll give you justice. Yeah, My dad won't give you justice, Absalom's, but I will. He's tricking everybody. And so everyone's like now falling for Absalom and going like, oh, okay. And, he, and he's a good looking dude mm-hmm. with like thick hair. And Bible says this, you know. And um, yeah. and so he's pulling it off. He's getting all the people now because he's ruling with some kind of wisdom there. And so now we have like stole four, the hearts. He have, stole the hearts of the men of Israel. That's what it says. Right? And it's like four years. Yeah. Of this activity. It's a perfect presidential four years. Oh, man. And so then he goes to David. But how cool this is David? Oh, man. Is no one like saying, David, you know your son set up shop? I don't know. What are the kings doing all day? I don't know. So. It's too much land to cover, I guess. Uh, so Absalom goes to his dad and says, <laughs> hey, can you let me go to Hebron? And uh, I've. I need to complete a vow to the Lord. Where's Hebron in, in comparison to, like, they're in the city of David, right? They're in Jerusalem? Yeah. So he wants to go to Hebron and, and worship, which, again, sounds like Moses in the Exodus. Like, we just want to go away and worship. And mm-hmm. David's not going to turn that down. He's like, It's That's like great. a little bit south of Jerusalem. Um, and so the king says, <clears throat> go in peace. Go a little bit south of Jerusalem. Go worship. I'm trying to remember... Was someone anointed in Hebron? Yeah, there's stuff that's happened there. Um, I can't remember right now, but that's okay. But what does Absalom do? Mm-hmm. Dude, he starts sending secret messages throughout all the tribes saying, as soon as you hear the sound of the trumpet, then say Absalom um, is king at Hebron. Yeah. And, and, so- then, and then he convinces David's, like, all his, like, people, uh-huh. 200 of his, like, closest advisors and everything to go <laughs> and show up at this thing. And the writer goes out of his way to say they were innocent. They knew nothing. So they just go thinking, oh, this is a... Which is... Okay, so now I didn't even think about this. But this is like 
Absalom's classic move, right? Yes. He, this is how he got Amnon. Yeah, he's doing the same thing. He, he waited hasn't two, learned. He waited two years and then was like, hey, David, you want to come with all the other, with all my other brothers and worship and do all the celebration? And now yeah. he's doing the same thing. He waits four years, but this time he waited four years. And then he's like, hey, I want to complete this vow to the Lord and bring all your counselors and all your royal advisors out with me. Oh my goodness. Right. And so he's David's like, okay. So he's been winning all the hearts. He gets all the officials there. And uh, this is where the conspiracy grew strong and the people with Absalom kept increasing. Dun, dun, dun. And that's that's where we stop. So we stop. Cliffhanger. Oh, David. It's so sad. Like, you've lost a son. And because of that, you're continuing to lose now your kingdom, not to the Hittites, not to the Moabites or the Syrians, but to your own. Your own family. Ugh. Oof. All right. All right. Moving on. Our New Testament reading for today is Acts chapter 4, verse 23, through chapter 5, verse 42. It does make me think too, you know, we get comfortable and when we get comfortable and it's just, we, it's not that we have to work all the time, but we got to invite the Lord into every day, you know, mm-hmm. things that seem like they should go a certain way. You just can never, you just never know. We live in a world where it's just moving all the time. All right. <laughs> anyway, New Testament, New Testament. Here's what's moving for the, the new movement of Christianity. So, some exciting stuff. Peter and John are released. They go back to their friends, their their people. They report everything that the chief priests and elders said to them. And um, they all lift their voices together to God and say, Lord, who made the heaven and earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of your our father David, your servant, by the Holy Spirit, said, Why did the Gentiles rage? The people's plot in vain. The kings of the earth set themselves... And the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. And I think this is where they pray for boldness. Yes. Absolutely. They, 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 um, they recognize that the elders of uh, the temple are still against them and against their movement. And so now they're praying to God, give us boldness to continue oh. to speak about Jesus. Yes, and this is a great, t- a great <clears throat> prayer. Uh, because, you know, when your leaders get taken in and kind of humiliated, and mm-hmm. uh, but they say, give us boldness while you continue to heal and do wonder in your name. Mm-hmm. And then the Holy Spirit shakes the place. Yes. yes so yes. they're filled with the Holy Spirit. And what's cool is that they've already been initially filled with the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit at their baptism, Holy Spirit at Pentecost. And so to me, you see this in the scriptures the place is shaken. The Holy Spirit will fill us many times in our lives. Mm-hmm. Like we don't own or possess the Holy Spirit. It's a gift. Mm-hmm. So we invite the Holy Spirit to work with it. It's like a relationship. Yeah. And there are times when that relationship is really special and he shows up. Usually he shows up in a special way uh, at a special time for a special purpose. Yes. And so they're asking for boldness and they're going to need it, quite honestly, because uh, persecution is right around the corner. And so um, God's increasing things. And when the Holy Spirit shows up, he brings incredible uh, grace, incredible unity, and with that unity, generosity. Mm -hmm. And this is what the church of Jesus Christ is set on. It's set on the Holy Spirit bringing one message, 
one name under Christ, one grace, one <clears throat> common. Everything's in common. He's mm-hmm. bringing us together in Jesus. And um, so they continue to speak the word of God with boldness. And then this is where we get into they had everything in common. Yes. I, I think it's the miracle. The one miracle it's easy to overlook is verse 32. Mm-hmm. Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul. And no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. Yeah. Like, that's a miracle. Only God can do that. Mm-hmm. I know, like, healing a guy who can't walk for 40 years is incredible, and, but bringing people together in that kind of unity where people have confessed the same faith, where they then put their money where their mouth is, like, mm-hmm. that's uh, a great work of God. And then they continue to uh, take care of one another, and there's no needy person. And then you have the introduction of Barnabas. Yeah. Barney shows up. And <clears throat> Who he... eventually will be a partner of Saul. Oh, and yeah. I didn't realize this. He's a Levite. Yeah. He's from the tribe of Levi. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, and so they, he comes and offers his field. He's giving great... I mean, he gives like a huge inheritance, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, here's, here's my inheritance. Here's my family's land. Yeah. And it's now... And so, again, this is this guys. is the movement um, of God's church, and then we meet Ananias and Sapphira. Oh yeah, yeah. And this is always a confusing passage. See, right when things are going good, there's always we always face Enter. hardship. Yes. So don't believe the lie. Like whenever I do good, all of a sudden everything falls apart for me. No, that's just the headwinds of living mm-hmm. in a broken world, and you're breaking through the brokenness into mm-hmm. healing. Yeah, things get, are always going to be a little harder than if you sit still and do nothing. But what we learn here is you do not mess with God's church. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Ananias and Sapphira, basically a couple, like the attention that Barnabas got and won in on that. Yes. And so they offer a field. But they keep half of the money for themselves. They come up with a little plan to go, you know what? Half the money, we'll give that. That's good. But we'll but- keep the other half. And, but we'll say that it's all the money. Right. Because we want, we want, we liked what Barnabas did, but we're not going to give it all. That's silly. Yeah. And, and so I think, so the thing to focus on here. So is, they die. Is, yeah, not, not that they only gave half, but that they gave half and said it was whole. Right. And so Ananias goes to Peter first yes and it's just him and he says i gave you everything here's all the thing and peter immediately is like why has satan filled your heart to lie to the holy spirit and to keep back for yourself part of the proceeds of the land it's the key there you're lying to the holy spirit <clears throat> the and church is the place where the holy spirit resides you're yeah. lying to the holy spirit and he even says while it remained unsold did it not remain your own and after it was sold was it not at your own disposal like you couldn't you're free to do whatever you want with this. You didn't have to do this. And you could have said, we, d- we decided to give you half. It's voluntary. Like, we would have is... said, thanks. thanks. Thanks for half. Yeah. He's like, we didn't need your land to begin with. Why is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. And then Ananias dies. Yeah, and I think... Uh, drops dead. He drops dead. His wife shows up. They go, hey... Was uh, that all the money? Was this all the money? You're... And she said, yes. Why are you doing this? They're carrying out your husband. You lied to the Holy Spirit. Boom. She dies. Fear spreads throughout the church. And it's an interesting story um, because I, th- I believe yeah. that uh, 
this is setting the stage, like um, believing the people have to believe like the, the Holy spirit, you have the, you have the Holy of Holies in the tabernacle in the temple. Mm-hmm. Well, now the tabernacle is being moved to individual people. Mm-hmm. And so we're setting up this church where we are vulnerable. We're open, we're sharing. And if you're going to uh, take advantage of God's people and try to get power out of it, I think this is just this is setting the move. stage, a power move. Mm-hmm. We're going to be important in this movement. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to lie straight to the Holy spirit's face I think God is saying, no, you, God is really in the church. Mm-hmm. He's really in the church outside of the temple. He is really here. And when you touch the Ark of the Covenant wrongly, you mm-hmm. die. And you are touching the Holy Spirit wrongly, and you're trying to lead people astray for your own glory, and that's not going to happen here. And especially at the <clears> beginning <throat> of the movement, and the Holy Spirit is flowing through this place. And I, and I would also say, like, it's to... We're protecting the church. We're protecting the movement, yeah. and we're not going to set up uh, precedents like right. bad precedents, like what we just saw with David and his household. Yeah. Like his sin leaks through into his family, and and so it's like, no, we can't have that yeah. coming through this church. We're too we're too young. It's too <laughs> pure and it's too good right now. And um, and God is like, He's here. The church hasn't spread mm-hmm. all over the world yet. So like, I mean. You are the kingdom of priests, and you just broke the only law we have. I mean, we have the law of love. We have the law of Christ. We have grace, and you're breaking it by just lying. What's the unforgivable mm-hmm. sin? It's something to do with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You deny the Holy Spirit, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and so you're doing that, so you're gone. Fear spreads, but many signs and wonders are, were regularly done mm-hmm. by the hands of the apostles to the point where... Um, Peter is walking by and there's a, um, people, Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on some of them. People are thinking, just give me the shadow of Peter. Yeah. And, and so they everyone's, healed. everyone's bringing their sick to Peter. <clears throat> it's just like what they do with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And this, this is what's so crazy. Like this is opportunity for Peter to claim divinity. Yeah. He could claim power, but Peter doesn't. And partly because he's walked through forgiveness, repentance, mm-hmm. and he's betrayed Christ. He's seen the power of Christ. And that's why Ananias and Sapphira, you can't have people in leadership who are going to uh, start taking glory from themselves and derail it. But uh, I, I just love that the, um, the gospel is healing people. It's going out with power and authority. And then we re... Of course, whenever this happens, you have to uh, relive... The same scenario, which is the powers that be are threatened, so the apostles are arrested. They're getting a little more bold each time. And so they arrest all the apostles this time. You're all in trouble this time. And uh, But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, Go and stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. Oh, man. And so they immediately leave. They, like divinely escape prison and instantly go back into the temple in the place where they were arrested to begin with. And and what's great is you're going to see this happen a couple more times, but it is like over and over again, even that is an exodus. Mm -hmm. Like you guys, you're free. These, the name of Jesus frees you. Mm -hmm. And so even mini exodus, it's a mini exodus. And that's the biggest event, right? Like you're freed from your oppressors to go. 
and they're more powerful than you, but God opens uh-huh. up these doors. He splits the Red Sea. He opens up the jail cell. So, like, obviously, these guys are with God. Uh-huh. And they go back to praise God in the temple. That would be the place they'd be most scared to go, right? Uh-huh. Like, if you break out of jail, you don't go back to the crime scene and, like, hang out. Um, and so they go there and... Uh, and then it's funny because it's no one knows that... They escaped because the guards were in a deep sleep. The jail cells are locked. And so the high priest is like, okay, I want to talk to those those guys that we arrested. Yeah. And they go to the jail cells and all the jail cells are empty. And they're like, what? Where are they? And someone's like, um, they're back in the temple where we arrested them. So it's like we never really <laughs> arrested them. And we're humiliated. And, and so, um, <clears throat> yeah. They just straight up say it. Like, look, we told you, this is the one thing we told you not to do. Mm-hmm. Stop teaching in Jesus' name. Do you intend to bring this man's blood upon us? Which is so funny because Peter's clearly said, his blood is absolutely upon, upon you, you and stop acting like it's not. And you said at before his crucifixion right. in front of Pilate that his blood is upon you. It is recorded. You're like, we'll take his blood because mm-hmm. he's, a, he's a blasphemer. But they, again, they are more afraid of the Romans than of God. And so they are afraid, like, you're going to start, like, a little insurrection. And they don't remember what they've said because Mm -hmm. they're trying to survive. And you say whatever you need to do to survive. So Peter and the apostles answered a favorite line, we must obey God rather than men. Mm -hmm. Again, when you say that to the religious authorities, it's like a double-edged sword. Like, ugh, shut up. (laughs) And he says, and then he just straight up preaches to these guys again. Because I think he, there's got to be a part of the apostles that are thinking, Surely you guys will flip. Like someone's seen, going to get it eventually. Like you guys have seen yeah. Jesus Christ's death and resurrection. And he just says, The God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed. Again, mm-hmm. he's being very straightforward by hanging him on a tree. God mm-hmm. exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses to these things. That's all we are. We're just telling you what we've seen. We're not even taking credit. We're seeing people healed in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. And so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. Obey him, And all they could do is get more enraged. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh. And then you meet Gamaliel, yes. who is uh, going to be the wisest of the wise. He's like the Pharisee of Pharisees, right? Mm-hmm. Paul, or Saul of Damascus, is studies under Gamaliel. Yeah. Gamaliel does throw up some... Great, he throw up. I know, I stopped there. Yeah, Dramatic. Like he weird. throws up. Uh, some great wisdom. Yes. And the wisdom is, dude, we've seen this happen before. Everybody, relax. We've seen, and he names them. <clears throat> yeah, he names all these other, other leaders, famous leaders that rose up and started like a movement. But as soon as they died, the movement died with them. And so he's like, look, this Jesus guy, we killed him. If it's... What does he say? Where's the famous line? Um, oh, it's in... Uh, 38? Yeah. Or 39. Uh, yes, it's in both. He says... Look, so he says, for if this plan or this undertaking is of man, it will fail. But if it's of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. You might even be found opposing God. So they took his advice, and they called the apostles. They beat them and charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus anymore. And of course... The apostles leave uh, rejoicing. 
because they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name of Jesus Christ. They're like <laughs> realizing, and in the temple, and it just keeps growing, did not cease preaching Jesus as the Christ. So, okay, first let's address the wisdom it. of Gamaliel. Yes. is like, look, could we be opposing God? Like the first time any of these leaders even think about it right. is Gamaliel now, after this scene has happened, how many times with Jesus? And now how many times here? And he actually is speaking wisdom again. He's saying, if... If this continues, after his well after his death, there's nothing we can do. Right. And so uh, they beat him and they let him go. And uh, this kind of then breaks, breaks is going to break the seal because uh, this is where the movement now starts to really uh, roll out of control. And um, because but, the leaders are no longer publicly opposing it. Right. Because they can't stop now. I mean, who do you kill? Yeah. But, uh, but then I just love the reaction of the apostles. They were so excited because they're like, we are continuing to use Jesus' name, and there's nothing anybody can do. Mm-hmm. Even sickness flees. Mm-hmm. Jesus really rose from the dead. He really gave us life, and he really made us witnesses. All we're doing is saying, look, I said Jesus' name. This guy's healed. Why is this so difficult? And then they're like, oh. Jesus said, they hated me, they'll hate you. Mm-hmm. It's happening. Mm-hmm. We're part of Jesus. Praise God. Even though they're getting beat and charged with it. Instead yeah. of throwing a huge fit saying, we need to change the government. The government beat us up. They're like, of course this would happen. Yeah. So we're kind of far from that in our day. If I get a little <laughs> bit of pressure, you know, if a barista sees, a, if I'm wearing a cross necklace and is a little bit snotty to me, I'm like, this isn't right. <laughs> um, is this what Jesus went through? Uh, but they're, pleased because and i think for us man it's the and i'm learning i'm growing into this it's the name of jesus christ mm-hmm. that is so powerful yes and we're counted we're a little mephibosheth yeah anyway all right today i'm going to read psalm chapter 71 verses 9 through 18 do not cast me off in the time of old age forsake me not when my strength is spent For my enemies speak concerning me. Those who watch for my life consult together and say, God has forsaken him. Pursue and seize him, for there is none to deliver him. O God, be not far from me. O my God, make haste to help me. May my accusers be put to shame and consumed. With scorn and disgrace may they be covered who seek my hurt. But I will hope continually and will praise you yet more and more. My mouth will tell of your righteous acts, of your deeds of salvation all the day, for their number is past my knowledge. With the mighty deeds of the Lord God I will come. I will remind them of your righteousness, yours alone. O God, from my youth you have taught me, and I still proclaim your wondrous deeds. So even to old age and gray hairs, O God, do not forsake me, until I proclaim your might to another generation, your power to all those who to come. been fed by ravens go in peace and we'll see you next time oh and serve the lord